Hey there! Welcome to June, which is the month we celebrate pride. We take pride in our flag on June 14th. We feel pride as our kids graduate from one phase of school to the next, and we proud papas get celebrated on Father's Day. During Pride Month, we also carry on the tradition started by Jean Manford in 1969, when she carried a sign in the Christopher Street Liberation March that said, "I'm proud of my gay son." That parade and that sign are the origin of Pride celebrations across the country. Jean and her son Morty went on to found Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays, or PFLAG, in honor of Pride Month. I'm repodcasting a few of my favorite Pride stories and conversations from the past three seasons. Look for a new podcast dropping Father's Day, June 18th. You're about to hear my conversation with J.P. Karliak. If you don't know J.P. by name, you're certainly familiar with the characters he's portrayed. He's the voice of the Boss Baby on Netflix, Wiley Coyote for Warner Brothers, and the Tin Man in Dorothy's Adventures in Oz. JP is also a committed social activist and a self-described snappy dresser. I sat down with him last year to talk about his wide-ranging career and his work to make the voiceover community more inclusive and representational. Welcome to the lounge. It's good to have you here. So glad to be here. Long-time listener, first-time appearance. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Tell me a little bit about your your childhood and how you caught the bug. I'm originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I mean, I caught the bug fairly early. Uh, I did a Masula Children's Theater production in middle school, uh, where I played the fox in Pinocchio, and you know, give me a good villain, and I'm set and ready to go. I always say that I feel that there's two types of voiceover actors. There's the ones that have been wanting to do this since they were kids, and then there's the ones who were who were roadies and music and kind of fell into it. <laughs> yes. And I'm I'm kind of the a weird hybrid in the sense that I loved cartoons and I wanted to do cartoons, but because of Robin Williams as the genie, I was under the impression like, okay, so I need to be a famous on-camera actor and then I will be allowed to enter into voiceover. So I went to school with the intent to specifically be on TV and in film. And then uh, I met Kelly Ward, who taught at uh, USC, which is where I went to college. But as some people may know, he's also a, a prolific animation director. And a lot of people were like, you do funny voices. You should talk to Kelly. And he just sort of laid out, like, I want you to study with this group of people, one of them being Bob Bergen a.k.a. Porky Pig, who became my mentor. And then I was like, oh, I don't need to be famous. Well, sweet. That 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 makes this easier. And then you ended up on a Warner Brothers cartoon yourself. I did. Opposite Bob Bergen. I was Wiley Coyote uh, for the show Wabbit, a.k.a. New Looney Tunes. It was great. And now you're working... Uh at DreamWorks, you've been uh, you've been the boss baby. I have been. I have and been. And continue for... to be. Yeah. How did that one come about? Well, it, like so many of my roles, um, I was kind of, I was meant to be a fill-in for somebody. But, well, I mean, in the broader sense, I was meant to be a fill-in for Alec Baldwin. Um, but uh, I, you know, the, I read the Boss Baby character, and I'm like, oh, this is super fun. You know what? I'm just going to do my stupid Will Arnett impression and just have a blast with it. And I did, and I guess it resonated because I got it. 
but I, you know, I was still under the impression like, oh, wow, unexpected, but okay, I'm doing scratch. I'll probably do it for like, you know, like a few episodes and then Alec will be like, yes, I will take that check. Thank you. And, you know, but uh, he, I don't know, I guess he was busy with Match Game or SNL or something and he, uh, I got the gig. And here you are. Here I am. And I also wanted to have you here to talk a little bit about your activism. Maybe sure. we could get into Nerds yeah. Vote first and then the Queer Vox after that. Yeah. Well, um, Nerds Vote um Nerds Vote is one of the many amazing projects that Courtney Taylor has dragged me into by the hair, you know. <laughs> and I say that with love. Uh but she's really good at rallying people to a cause. And uh she came up with this idea for Nerds Vote basically how do we get nerdy people, which are gamers, cosplayers, con-goers, and pop culture fans of all kinds, aka nerds, involved in our democracy? And the real touch point seemed to be conventions. So we were like, how do we make this fun? How do we engage them? So we developed the concept of if Steve Bloom, as, as a, for instance, is the one who gives you a sticker and tells you to go register to vote because it's cool and you love Wolverine or, you know, one of the many other characters that Steve Bloom has played, you might be, yes, Steve Bloom, I will go do that. You know, it wasn't a partisan thing. It was it's, it remains not a partisan thing. It's always been about just getting people registered and voting in every election every time and doing so in an informed way, like do the research and make it fun by uh, splitting it. Like my partner and I just the other day, you know, we sat down with a glass of wine. We divvied up the races for, and there's always a lot in California. And we're like, okay, who's the, I'm doing a judge. You're doing a judge. Cool. And, you know, we made it fun and just like made it a game. And by the end of the night, we were like, we have a ballot. Where do people find Nerds Vote? How do they get involved? What's the story? The best place to go is to our website, nerdsvote.com. On our website, you can register to vote. You can check to see if they have your address correct. Maybe you've recently moved. Um, or if you're under 18, uh, you can also pledge to vote. And you'll get a little text reminder. It's like, hey, you're turning 18. You want to register now? So um, there's a bunch of ways to get involved. And that's nerdsvote.com. Very simple. Super easy. Easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, the other project that you've started in the last couple of years, which I'm very, very much interested in, is Queervox. Yes, Tell me about Queer Vox. So about a, uh, in the beginning of uh, 2021, uh, I was having some conversations with casting friends where we were simultaneously celebrating like, hey, there's a lot more trans and non-binary roles that were appearing in animation and video games. Cool, cool, cool. But we found that they were often not authentically cast and just sort of figuring out, well, why is that? And you know, a lot of the discussion included like, it's just impossible to find these people. So I started to think about, all right, well, is it maybe that for the trans and non-binary actors out there, having never really heard themselves in voiceover, maybe they're just predominantly pursuing stage and non-camera, and we need to provide a training ground for voiceover so that they can get into that pipeline. The whole goal was, I'm just going to start a class. I'll have 20 people and just start, you know, training these people on a pay-what-you-can basis. But I got so much interest. I mean, I, I did an application process like, expecting 20, and I got 200. And ended up creating a Discord community and a Facebook page and, you know, all sorts of stuff to get this community together and, you know, exchanging best practices. So Queerbox has developed into, on one hand, an academy where we train um, LGBTQIA plus voice actors. And on the and also work to connect them to industry professionals. 
And on the other hand, we do kind of what I call, call like back-end work, where we do ED, uh, equity and diversity work with industry professionals, casting agents, showrunners, uh, developers at, at video game companies, and talk to them about best practices of like, okay, you want to create a character. So one of the things that we try to get people out of the habit of is, um, we want you to have a non-binary sound. Yes, look. I'm thrilled that you're casting trans non-binary people as non-human characters. Like, yes, they can play talking mushrooms and fairy people and orcs. Cool. How about we move up a level to maybe them playing themselves, being able to play trans and non-binary people? And hey, if you want bonus points, why don't you let them play straight and cis people too? Because, spoiler, we've been playing them all our lives. At the end of the day, it's not about excluding or gatekeeping in any way. It's more about when an actor gets an audition if they just take the time to ask themselves, is this my story to tell? And kind of proceeding from there and, may, and knowing themselves and the nuance of their lives, if they feel that they bring something authentic to that character, go for it. It's when we try to be like, I'm, a, I'm an ultra-talented actor and therefore I can get into anything I don't understand. It's like, well, can you? And even if you can, I mean, we've all seen some great straight and cis people play some amazing queer folks. But do you recognize that you are effectively taking money away from somebody who could be telling their own story? You're preventing a queer person from earning wealth telling their own story. So that's, you know, that's sort of what we get into. And where do folks go to find this? Or if it's an, an actor um, who wants to become involved with Queervox, mm-hmm. how go, does that, what's that process like? Uh, go to queervox.org. And uh, we have signups for not only for actors to join our community and get involved or to find out more about classes, but also if you're a casting professional or somebody who works at a company that wants to learn more, do EDI work with us, or just get on our get access to our database so you can find actors like us. There's demos. You can search by gender identity, race, age, um, uh, union status, uh, all sorts of stuff to find you know the specific people that are coming up a lot in scripts. What a gift to the community that is. What drove you? What took you? I mean, it's very easy to come to Los Angeles with a dream of being an actor, um, realizing that dream, and then just continuing to parlay that into more and more success. But you really took the opportunity to put a hand out, to bring other people along with you. Where does that come from? I, I think it's a couple of things. I love acting. I find it maybe 80% fulfilling because there's that, there is that little element of that you're fulfilling somebody else's vision. And there's something about wanting to help create your own. So that's part of it. And I think another part of it is, selfishly, truly, I found that I didn't know a ton of trans or non-binary people. And I felt like I was a lesser person for not having that type of group of people in my life. And also, through meeting them and, you know, and the, and the wide variety of queer people that are just in the voiceover community alone, I've learned more about myself. I mean, I, it's, it's through understanding them that I've understood that I'm, in fact, genderqueer. I've been talking to some of the other, like Sarah El Male and Brock Powell, who teach with me, and we've all talked about how talking with these students has helped us understand our identities a little more, or at least think about them a little more. Like, hmm, what are the words that I use to describe myself and what feels right? What are the words you use to describe yourself? 
It can be very revealing to sit down and think about it for a bit. You might surprise yourself with what you discover, and that's always a good feeling. If you're interested in learning more about QueerVox, you can steer your browser to QueerVox.org, and you'll find NerdsVote at NerdsVote.com. Keep an eye out for our full podcast dropping Father's Day, June 18th. This month's theme is Be Proud. As always, it'll feature stories, songs, and conversations, all intuitively designed to help you groove with the rhythm of the seasons.